0: To tell Jack about the dowry. Welcome to the Progress Texas Happy Hour. Welcome back to the Progress Texas Happy Hour. I'm Kathleen Thompson, Progress Texas Executive Director.
1: And I'm Sam Gonzalez, Progress Texas Digital Director.
0: Sam, today marks the first anniversary of the horrific mass shooting at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. It's a sad fact that mass shootings have become almost such a daily occurrence in America that marking the anniversary of one has become uncommon. But the Uvalde event was so shocking, both in terms of the death toll and the anemic law enforcement response that most national news organizations are observing the one-year mark today.
1: Right. And one year since, another aspect of Uvalde that we find notable is that the Republican-led Texas legislator has done just about, well, I say just about nothing, but really nothing in spite of significant effort from Texas parents and gun safety advocates.
0: We don't frequently repost our episodes, but we feel that today warrants another listen to a heartbreaking conversation we had with Texas State Senator Roland Gutierrez back in late April. Senator Gutierrez is one of the very few people who have seen all of the police body cam video that was recorded at the scene. He had to sign an NDA to have it provided to him to review. And as you can hear in his voice, it has clearly traumatized him. Sam, what are your thoughts on this video being held secret still?
1: I mean, part of me says release it and let people see what the consequences are of unregulated Guns in Texas, essentially, Uh, pretty much a free for all in Texas in regards to guns. The other part of me says, respect the dead, respect the families. Those are the types of things that they don't need to see if they don't want to see it. That shouldn't be readily accessible to them. I I don't know. I go back and forth between it because, as we talked about in this episode, Roland Gutierrez has been scarred from the image, as any normal person would. And I would be, too. And... Unfortunately in Allen, Texas because this has continued gun violence in Texas uh, in Allen, Texas There was a lot of leaked footage of the shooter who was killed uh, children who were killed in that situation and Unfortunately, those were leaked and people were not expecting to see them and scarred them ultimately too. it, it really shatters kind of your Your mode and your day when you're looking, you know and on Twitter and trying to Find a release from your everyday normal stuff. Look at some funny things and then BAM the reality of the world and cruelty in Texas is right there in front of you. So I go back and forth. I really don't know. I don't have a a, a one true answer, but I would like to know what the listeners think. I'd honestly like to pose that to other progressives and people who think it'll move the needle, people who think it'll desensitize us or get us used to it. Um, I don't know. I I really don't know.
0: I would say it's certainly up for every family to decide for themselves um, after something so horrible has happened to their loved one or their Their child, but notably, images of brutality have moved the needle. You know, thinking of Emmett Till's brutal murder and his mother's decision um, to show what people did to her boy.
1: Right. And that's the thing. Since we had Senator Gutierrez on, he's continued to fight for the families of Nivalde at the Capitol to the point where even Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick took extraordinary measures to shut him down last week. Uh, Roland Gutierrez was bringing it up uh, in response to them trying to cancel drag shows. He said, well, there's more important things that we need to talk about and there's bigger threats to children than drag shows and it got to the point where Dan Patrick was like we're not even gonna recognize you we're gonna just ignore it please stop talking about it it was literally them saying the thing that they want to say Stop talking about Uvalde, stop talking about this issue. We're done with it, we don't want to deal with it. That's just what happens when we do what we do. And what they do is have guns available and ready for everybody in Texas. So, you know, it, it, it points out the hypocrisy of doing all of this stuff, you know, but also failing to protect kids. You know, Allen, Texas, it was almost a year, and we're still having the same thing happen. So, you know, we we, we all know, and, and, it, and it bears repeating again, that. You know, gun violence is the leading cause of death amongst children in Texas. That's not right and totally preventable. You want to protect kids, protect them from the thing that's killing them.
0: It's not book fairs killing Texas's children.
1: Yeah, it's not books. It's not a story of an LGBTQ person discovering themselves in a way that's age appropriate. It's not an art book with the David with his, you know, junk out. That's it's it's, uh, you know, that's these are the things that they're trying to ban. It's not uh, National Geographic where cultures, you know, don't wear the same clothing that we do. It's different things. This is not a threat to children. Guns are a threat to children. And that's not made up. That's not a fairy tale. It's happening. Children are dying. It's very frustrating and it's very upsetting because how dare they? try to do all this song and dance, talk about protecting kids, and they won't even fund the schools, and they won't fund foster care and take care of the people there. They won't do all that stuff, so.
0: Right on, Sam. And we want to salute Senator Gutierrez, as well as gun safety groups, including our friends with Texas Gun Sense and Moms Demand Action who have also been on the podcast recently, just a couple weeks ago, as we covered the Raise the Age Act in episode 107, which would have raised the legal age to buy certain guns, including AR-15s from 18 to 21. Of course, the update on that is that while we do celebrate the remarkable event of any gun safety legislation being voted out of committee, that measure died in calendars.
1: Right. And obviously, I'm frustrated about it. I know a lot of you out there listening are frustrated about it. That so little has been done in the years since that horrible day in Uvalde. But Mm -hmm. as we all know, progress in Texas is an ongoing battle. It's why we've been around for over 12, 13 years. We know that all of the allies that we mentioned on the show mentioned today, uh, we all are going to get together, redouble our efforts and We here at Progress Texas especially will do that, you know, and this conversation from April with Texas Senator Roland Gutierrez shows that not only have we been on this, but we're going to continue to be on this. Joining us, representing Senate District 19 from San Antonio to Big Bend, uh, you're most likely going to know him from his fight for his constituents in Uvalde. Joining us today, welcome State Senator Roland Gutierrez. Welcome to the show, Senator. uh, You represent uh, what used to be my grandfather's, who's no longer with us, his hometown. If he was alive today and he was living in Texas, you'd be right there in the thick of it. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
0: Welcome, Senator. Your name has been in the headlines all session long because of your gun violence prevention advocacy, but there is a new headline that we have to start with. What can you tell us about the rumors that you are quote, very likely to challenge Ted Cruz in 2024 for the U.S. Senate.
2: Yeah, you know, I'll tell you what right now, I'm pretty much singularly focused on getting through this session and making sure that we try to push the agenda to help these families. Um, You know, I'm so proud of the fact that we had a hearing just a couple of nights ago. And uh, I'm still kind of reeling from that because that went on till about three in the morning yesterday. Uh, I just got off the phone with some of the families that are pretty wiped out from it. And so I think that uh, all of those talks and conversations about, you know, what's in my future um, don't really matter at this time, to be honest with you. I mean, I've got to keep focused on what is important and we've got to try to do something not just to remember the lives of these kids, um, but also to make sure that we prevent this from happening again. And we really can We really can do things. And so for the next five weeks, That's what I'm focused on entirely.
0: Uh, Senator, earlier this year, Ted Cruz, who is running for a third term, filed a bill to limit U.S. Senators to just two terms. Of course, he could not run for a third term, but he is. And you called his bluff by filing Senate Bill 596, and that's a bill to limit Texas's own two senators to two terms, and I wholeheartedly endorse. What's the status of that bill?
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> we filed a whole lot of gun bills and gun safety bills. I think that was, uh, you know, we filed bills on gun safety, on victims' compensation, on police accountability. And Very sadly, the Republican leaders in Texas don't want to have a discussion on those important issues, uh-huh. um, probably being a little snarky on our other piece of legislation. But uh, they certainly are going to have that, you know, hear that one either. But, you know, I I truly mean it. I I think that we've gotten to a place in our country, especially with some people in Washington and even in this building where people just stay forever. uh, Point You've got to move on and let young people, you know, express their views and ideas. And we, without, you know, any kind of reform, let's say campaign finance reform, you get these people entrenched in power forever. Uh, They've got all the money in the world to run their campaigns and so, if Ted Cruz wants to have a serious conversation about that, number one, let's have that serious conversation. Number two, if he feels so strongly about it, he should just move on. I mean, he's into his third term. Now it's time to go. It's, 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 or going into his third term, it's time to go. You've got to put yourself in the position of what's best for this country. And I don't know that, you know, the older we get, I I really believe that it's, that young people need to step up and need to start sharing their ideas on what's most important. And um, we've continued to do this for a long time in the state house. Uh, Sometimes it feels like I'm hitting my head against the wall with people that don't wanna fix stuff. Mm -hmm. They just wanna demagogue stuff. Um, I ran for office for city council a million years ago to fix things. You know, we fixed the streets. We knocked down a couple of crack houses. We put sidewalks in a very poor part of our community. We built a library. Those are the things that I'm most proud of, believe it or not. Um, I think government should be about doing things for people, not picking on marginalized people. And what's happened across this country, in this state and in Washington, is that's all that we're doing is Republicans are just picking on marginalized pieces of our society and fractions of our society and they just it's just time to
1: stop and we we're better than that we, we truly are and without getting too heavy into the you know We're gonna get right into the thick of it. It, 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 The stuff that we wanna talk about, it's not easy, because you're talking about, you know, over overarching control, reaching where they shouldn't be reaching. Senator, our last episode we talked about uh, local control, and I mentioned Governor Abbott's talk of his uh, street racing task force that he announced immediately after videos of Austin street racing circulated over a weekend, so we know that if he cares to make action to take action, he will either pretend to act fast or act fast. And this week, a cheerleader was shot after mistaking a man's car for her own. Um, now, if I said Texas school shooting, any reasonable person would obviously think of Uvalde. But really, it could be one of the many that have happened this year. I was in a community that was affected by a school shooting, Santa Barbara, 2014. So uh, this is a very um, heavy topic for me as well. Um, Senator, you represent Uvalde. 19 students, two adults were murdered at the school, Rob Elementary Uh, May 24th, 2022, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary. It's the deadliest school shooting ever at a Texas public school. You know all of this. You are in the community. You're in the thick of it. Will you please tell us about Raise the Age, which, uh, you know, a hearing that the Uvalde families finally got this week. You mentioned they were exhausted. You mentioned that they waited hours and hours and hours. Could you go a little bit into that, into that experience, and let us know what happened? Yeah, I mean we've so as you know, we filed a raise the age bill.
2: Sadly, Dan Patrick's not moving that at all. Uh, right. This idea that this is a deliberative body is nonsense. Uh this dude is a dictator over the Texas Senate and he runs and decides what's what. And uh he and I have had a converse many conversations on this, and you know, he's not doing not gonna have a hearing over here. So we kept on pushing, kept on pushing and urging and the families, to their credit, my goodness, they lobbied and they kept talking to mostly people in the House, a few senators. And they've gotten to this place and they got a hearing in the last two days. Tracy King, you know, who uh, at first, you know, was a little slow to get there because of, you know, he's in a, in a, in a tough district, Republicans, Democrats, almost 50-50. Right. Uh, I get it. I mean, and he's a hunter as, as you know, I own guns as well. Uh, I represent a lot of South and West Texas. I understand what my constituents want, but, you know, Tracy did absolutely the right thing. These were his friends. These were his neighbors. And he filed a bill that was important to protect all of us into the future. And so that hearing, that bill was heard uh, Tuesday into Wednesday morning at three in the morning. We finished up all of the families testified. It was uh, it was a little bit bittersweet, but I don't want to blame anybody for it. And I say bittersweet because. Uh, the hearing started at nine a.m. The house had to go back and start up again. They uh, recessed the hearing. They uh, reconvened around six p.m. and they finally got to these families around the eleven a eleven p.m. hour on Tuesday night, and that stretched that one bill stretched to about four in the morning, three in the morning rather. And you know. I don't think that anybody did that on purpose. I mean, the families are happy that they got the the bill heard. I think Kimberly Rubio was the first one to speak, and she said it best. She said, you know, you made me feel like the day I, on May 24th, when it took 12 hours to find out my little girl had died. And Mm -hmm. I remember, um, I didn't know Kimberly then, but I remember seeing her pictures just sitting on a curb on a sidewalk outside of this, school outside of this reunification center behind a fire truck, just waiting to find out if the DNA match that they gave uh, was her little girl. Um, I remember seeing pictures of her and Felix and both of these people, like many of these parents are friends of mine now. And um, you know, that's why it was bittersweet. You know, these people have had to suffer so much and we come again, I don't think it was intentional. I just think, you know, people should have thought a little bit better about putting them on a little earlier. Yes. yes, Yeah. But nevertheless, I mean, listen, this is it is what it is. And they can make up for it. They can vote this thing out of committee. I, I know that they I think they've got the votes to get it out of the committee. Hopefully we have a discussion on the House floor. And, and hopefully, you know, if we can get it out of the House and hope springs eternal, we push Dan Patrick in the Senate and he say, OK, here it is. Now, what are you going to do? To protect children in texas uh and people need to be saying that now because dan patrick has done nothing to protect children in texas and abbott has done nothing i mean we're in a crazy
1: time right now in our country they you are saying it's you know uh something that you're really not going to point the blame on it it really says something though if you're making these people wait as long as they've waited for action. No special session, nothing like that, to help these individuals to, to do something for these kids that we failed. Now, uh, there was some new information released, some gruesome details that we didn't hear about. Um, broke my heart, it hurt. Um, we have some footage from the hearing. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and cue that up, and we'll take a listen, see what was said during then, and then we'll have a quick response just after this clip.
2: My baby girl, full of life and love. She never, learned, she never learned how to ride her bike, never made it to the fifth grade, or never experienced her 15th birthday, prom, graduation from high school, college, and becoming a vet, visiting Paris, or even falling in love, because she was taking, me, she was taking somebody being murdered at nine years old, along with her 80 classmates and two teachers, But her 80-year-old gunman,
1: we're here to support HB 2744 and raising the age from 18 to 21 to assault rifle. And we've heard things like that, not just uh, from Uvalde, not just from Texas, but all over the country. Um, this is a story and, and a tale that has been told time and time again of children being cut before they've had a chance to do all of these things. Uh, Senator, I'm going to give you a chance to speak um, to to the heart of it. You know, you, you have a job to represent, but obviously you're close to the community. Obviously, this hurts you. I would, I would like to hear a little bit more about just why this motivates you to do what you're doing currently and what you want to do beyond just these bills of raising the age, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, listen, I got out there on May 24th and I got out there at about 7 p.m. Um, I canceled an event that I had here in Austin. I drove to San Antonio, picked up staff. And then I spent weeks every day just heading out there, and I've gotten to be friends with these people. You know, as a parent, I've got two little girls, and they're not so little anymore. They're teenagers. Mm -hmm. You know, everything is – all your hope, all your expectations is wrapped up in your children. We go on in life, and we hope that we're going to do these great things for ourselves, and then we have kids, and the world changes on you. The world becomes something that's more it's about them right and for Javier you know some people call him Jacinto I call him Javier Uh, he goes by both Um, he kind of touched on it right I mean you dream of walking your little girl down the aisle and you dream about prom and grad high school graduation and college oh there's just it's a loss of hope everything is gone and it's never, it's never the same. it will never come back. And all you can hope for is some kind of duller sense of pain. Um, we just we can do some things here. I mean, the, the idea that we can do nothing is just ludicrous.
1: Anything. Anything. Yeah, I'm with you, Senator. Like, it hurts. It, it hurts me. It, it was not my community. I'm from California. I've been here seven, eight years. And I know the experience I had. Uh, with uh, Santa Barbara, uh, seven individuals, I believe, if I remember correctly, who passed away. It doesn't go away. The, the community was changed for years after, still is affected and Uvalde will never be the same.
0: While we're talking about hope, um, I, I read so many different stories about the hearing and I don't remember um, which news source it was or, I, or I'd give them credit, but um, Tracy King said that he was a he is a quote, changed man. What happened um, at Robb Elementary School changed his heart, and he wouldn't have filed um, this bill previously. Um, So we know that hope does spring eternal, and it isn't just a raise, the age measure that you've filed and other allies have filed in the House and in the Senate. Could you tell us um, about the status of other gun violence prevention measures that um, these families and too many other Texans have waited so long for. Um, tell us about uh, current gun storage laws and your proposal to strengthen safety measures and increase penalties and several of the other um, bills that, that are filed this session.
2: Yeah, I mean, there really aren't a lot of protections in Texas. We have a bill, for instance, in the Senate that creates a misdemeanor for, uh, for Failing to store your weapon, require some insurance uh, protections, if you will, you know, some some mandates on liability insurance for certain types of weapons. They're just not going anywhere because these Republicans don't want to have the discussion. And so we've, you know, we've filed from the most benign, which you know, if you'd have told me on May twenty fifth. That this was going to be a problem? I just, of course not. I mean, of course the right. most people would say raising an age limit to buy an AR fifteen to twenty one is just that makes sense. How did we miss that, right? Right. Um, but then it got to be some political deal because you know I I, I don't know if this because it wasn't their idea or because they've just got some weird fealty to to, to this AR fifteen because. You you, you know, we have an age limit on handguns. now we've got this governor, you know, crying to everybody that it's unconstitutional. Well, no, it is constitutional. We have it. Um, The Fifth Circuit has not even ruled on it. They withdrew their appeal. Paxton and Abbott and McCraw collaborated to withdraw their appeal of a sitting, a current state law on handguns, which you got to be 21 to have a handgun. That doesn't make it unconstitutional. They don't get to decide that. Uh, 18 states including texas have age limit restrictions on handguns that's probably the most pressing thing that we have to address right now um extreme risk protective orders you saw the guy in tennessee we filed that bill that's going nowhere mm-hmm. Billy, conservative governor out of tennessee finally says well yeah maybe we need to do that one i mean do you think of course we do um if any conservative out there was listening to this show Go to a gun show and go on the last day of the gun show on the last hour of the gun show and look at the folks that are buying guns and how easily they're buying guns. If they're not buying it from a licensed dealer, if they're buying from a a hobbyist, because if ATF goes up to one of these guys, they say, all they got to say is, oh, yeah, I'm a hobbyist. I trade guns. I don't do this for a living. I don't make money on this stuff, Um, which is nonsense. And these right. guys are buying AR-15s and you see the guys and these the guys with the teardrops and I, you know, listen, I, a lot of my folks, a lot of uh, Latinos wear the teardrop. I get it. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but let me just go and see who is buying these things with no background check whatsoever. All they got to answer is two questions. Are you a US citizen? And have you ever been convicted of felony? Answer the questions. And if the answer to both of those is yes and no, Then you walk out of there with your A.R. 15. It has become so ridiculously easy. And so those are three things that we can do. And yet the Republicans are not. They don't want to have this discussion. I'm just proud of the fact that they had at least one aspect of that in the
1: House of Representatives. Yeah, no, I, I like to say, like you know, forget about gang members or violent criminals. Me with a handgun, I don't know anything about them, but I have no training. I have no experience, but I could go buy one anytime I want, you know. So it, it's it's a little uh, overwhelming here with the Texas gun laws, or rather the lack of Texas gun laws. Now, uh, bringing it back a little bit further, though, um, you're in your second term in the Texas Senate, you've worked with the Speakers of the House, uh, Dennis uh, Bonin and Joe Strauss. Now you work with Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, like you mentioned earlier. From a behind-the-scenes standpoint, can you say how that differs from your years in the Texas House?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dan Patrick runs this place. For anybody to say that it's a deliberative body is just that's ludicrous. I didn't you know even some people, some senators on our side of the, uh, the aisle say, oh, it's the most deliberative body in Texas. That's nonsense. Uh, this dude gets to call the agenda. He gets to say what's up. Uh, you know, I I don't have a problem saying this by the way, because, you know, I've tried to talk to him. I've tried to ask nicely. I've tried to play nice with this guy. I've tried to beg. I mean, hell, I've cried in his office. Um, you know, I've told him what I've seen. I've seen, I've seen body cam footage that no person should ever see and certainly should never see on a child. Uh, I've seen faces just blown off, mangled, distorted. It's the saddest stuff you've ever seen in your life. And I see it every night when I go to bed. I can't get those images out of my head. And all he's got to say is, hey, look, there's a reason we don't look at videos. You know, there's a reason we don't look at the body cam footage. I mean, it's just bullshit. I'm, I'm
1: sorry. It is bullshit. You can say bullshit. It's fine. Um, so you're telling me just so I would have push that point. He didn't look at the footage, given the opportunity to your knowledge. Oh, I know he hasn't looked at the footage. I know that they haven't. There's nine people that
2: have stayed fast I got a I got a two terabyte disk in my office, two terabytes. And so it's not like I looked at a video. I've seen hundreds of different perspective body cam videos. I've seen uh, I you hear cops. On, if you're watching a body cam, you'll hear a cop throwing up. From the horror that they've seen. You see two piles in one classroom, another pile in another with kids on top and just riddled with bullets and teachers on top. You see cops dragging these kids out into the hallway, blood all over the floor. It is the most horrific thing you could ever imagine. And I don't, I, don't, I feel like I need to always talk about it because I need people to understand what the hell is going on here. This isn't some goddamn movie. Right. This, this stuff is real. And, and this is happening to kids and and sometimes I you know you have, I mean it's real as as much as sometimes I think I'm living in this you know other universe that just, this alternate universe. this stuff is really happening to children in America and the things that we teach them, which is hey you know you lock the door. You turn the light off. You close close the blinds. You run to the closet. You huddle together. The things that we are teaching children the most is what's killing them. I saw three piles of kids on top of one another. I saw a little little six year old girl the other day do a videotape. She was telling her mom how what they do. Yeah, you mass yeah, together, yeah. shit. and this dude comes in and he sweeps his gun, and you're all dead. Um, and this is a mess, man, this is just a mess, and, and how, how are we good with this, how's anybody good with this, how's any gun owner good with this? I'm a gun owner, I'm not good with this.
0: I'm from, I'm from a military family, we had guns in the house, we we knew where they were and not to touch them, and I, I don't know any military families and gun owners who who think that any of this is okay. And it just doesn't make sense that the people, like we're talking about, Governor Abbott and um, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, you know, they're not there for the people of Texas, they're there for the power. Um, I've mentioned on last uh, previous pods that gun violence prevention has become our family's number one issue because um, we have three kids in public schools. I have a kiddo um, in elementary school, have a kiddo in middle school, and I have a kiddo in high school. And I tell the older ones who are old enough to understand this doesn't happen in other countries. And um, what's happening, the way you've been raised here in Texas, it's not normal. And this may seem routine to you, but um, this is a choice, the choice made by people who um, are elected to lead us. And my eldest um, just turned 18 when I was able to vote in the 2022 election. and. All of his friends um, talked about who they were gonna vote for and they voted for people who want to protect him at school and at the grocery store and um, at concerts and movies and um, everything that you're saying is so heartbreaking and it's um, so um, um, arrogant and it's um, flagrantly. um,
1: It's a damn shame. It's, it's a, it's da- a shame. It's shame on them. Shame it's on them shame. for not seeing that. And, and Senator, I want to give you all the credit in the world. I, um, because I'm close to the issue, um, part of me agrees with your stance that it should be heard. These stories and these images and these um, descriptions. Uh, I think that they have done a good job of hiding it, of the, the real raw violence that is occurring to our Texas children. Um, I, I live here. I am, uh, you know, I have a partner. We, we could have a kid at any time, any place, anywhere. In Texas, if we decided it was the place, how could I feel safe taking them to school? You know, how could I feel good about that as it were right now at this moment? Um, and the fact that they're not looking at, they're not looking at the images, they're, they don't, look at the body cam footage because they know it'll haunt them and they, and they refuse to do anything about it. It makes me sick and and shame on them and uh, other expletives. I just would just rather choose not to say on air uh, in, in a polite company.
2: Yeah. I've had about, I don't know, six, seven opportunities to have some of the bills heard on the floor through the, through amendments. Right. So I've added, stuff like an age limit restriction on internet purchases of guns. and For the first time ever, Dan Patrick had to sit down because I, I appealed the ruling of the chair. They said the bill wasn't, the amendment wasn't germane to the bill, which it absolutely was. Right. Um, I've had amendments on, you know, suicide prevention. None of those things have been approved. Now, they vote them down each and every time. And I, I want to tell you this because I, as you were talking, I thought last week I had my staff because three of us have seen hours and hundreds of hours of this stuff and it just really messes with you and there's this little girl i said i printed out this picture of uh, this little girl in the hands of a, of a law enforcement officers carrying her out and uh i put it in a folder and i was going to show it to people on the floor which would have violated the non-disclosure agreement that i signed Uh, but I just had to, I had to hold it back because it just wasn't my right. It's not, I mean, I, those parents, it's not my right to do that. And I, and it, and I, it really, I'm so angry about everything that I've seen. I'm so not well with it that I I got to that point, but that little girl, uh, what this thing did done to her face, it's almost, uh, it distorts, their, their face is just kind of gone and their, their bones are just stretched in every direction and it looks like some weird, it just, it's just a mess. And what these guns and these bullets from these rifles do to your body, this AR-15 bullet travels three times the speed of a, of a gun. The bullets that he used are those full metal jackets, they turn on themselves And then they tumble through your body holes the size of a grapefruit and the exit is even twice as large. Mm -hmm. And they tear out all your bones and your nerves and your blood vessels and you just die. It's a miracle that the children that it's the injured children are alive today. Um, Maya Zamora, 60 surgeries. She was shot seven times in her upper body. She's just like this amazing (laughs) little girl. Um, this whole goddamn thing is a mess. And you'll excuse my language. I say a lot worse things, but I know oh, I'm, oh. I'm in, in a place where I can't say those things. And I'm pretty angry about it all. And I, I cry a lot and I, I get angry a lot. And I'm just trying to deal with it all. And I hate that. I really don't like these people that are not doing anything to do the thing to help, the number one
1: thing that's killing children in America. They speak so strongly about protecting children from all these other made-up fantasy threats, you know, book bands, LGBTQ drag shows, all this song and dance, if you will, actually, speaking of drag show. to protect kids and the one thing that is causing the most raw violence against them. They will do nothing and have done nothing and will do nothing. It seems unless somebody makes them and so Senator, I'm glad that you're there to fight on behalf of those children and those families that need a champion because nobody's listening to them. It seems seems like nobody's listening and they're shouting with a pain that I can't even imagine. I can't imagine the pain that they're going through and I can't imagine the pain you're going through. Um, And so thank you for what you're doing for these communities and for your constituents. I know that a lot of people on the other side don't work in the best interest of their constituents and you're doing your job, you're doing what they elected you to do and I'm very thankful for that.
2: You know, young people need to go out and really vote. Don't just tell me you're right. You really have to vote because You're dying because of decisions that are made by people. I'm I'm sorry, this is going to offend some people by by white conservative men in power. You're uh, you don't get cannabis. You don't get gaming. You don't get health care. You don't get good education. We could really do free college in Texas if we wanted to. If you did your part, you've got an A and B average. We have the money to do that. But these people are just their idea of spending five months in Austin every other year is picking on drag queens and picking on transgender kids and picking on black people and picking on Mexicans and picking on, I mean, this is, this is bullshit. I mean, this isn't government. I didn't sign up to work on, you know, to go pick on marginalized. I signed up to do big things, to build libraries, to build, you know, you name it, museums, to build fast rail through Austin to San Antonio and Houston and Dallas, (laughs) That's what government should do. Right. And those are nonpartisan things. And government should say, hey, this cannabis thing doesn't really hurt anybody. So how do we legalize it and figure out a way to make money on it and make sure that we're doing the right thing here? It's so simple. It's right there in front of us.
0: Senator, I want to echo what Sam said just a minute ago about how happy we are that you are there. I remember um, during your reelection, Governor Abbott coming out and campaigning for your opponent. So I know you're working on so many different issues for your community, but you're also working for my family up here in Dallas and you know Sam's as well in Travis County. So where can people follow you online to keep up with all of the good work that you're doing?
2: Uh, so Roland for Texas, F-O-R. Uh, Roland for Texas. Uh, you'll find us on Facebook, you'll find us on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, I think we're on TikTok if it's still around.
0: I don't know <laughs> if for now.
2: If, for now, yeah, I, mean, I don't think we have to worry about the Chinese uh, accessing anything on TikTok. Apparently, we link it ourselves, you know. <laughs> and so, um, you know, listen, I mean. Uh, We're all on all the social media stuff, uh, rolandfortexas.com as well as our website. And you can follow a little bit about what we're about and what we want to do into the future. Um, We're going to take one day at a time. I just think that, I mean, I I really mean this. Um, I think just all of us, I mean, Democrats, Republicans, we just need to take a step back and understand that we're all in this thing together. Mm -hmm. We really all want the same things. We want the same things for our kids. We want the same things for uh, our future. We want good schools. We want good health care. And you really got to ask yourself in this bullshit that we get from these people that we're living in some kind of Texas miracle. What's so miraculous about a place where 19 kids and two teachers die? What's so miraculous about a place where 800 people die when it gets cold? Well, what's so miraculous about a place where you're stuck in traffic? What's so miraculous about a place where you can't make ends meet? That's not a miraculous thing. You know, I tell my friends, you know, I'm a lawyer. That's my day job. And so I do OK. My family does OK. And we do the best we can. Right. And we're still budgeting. Right. But I remember when I wasn't a lawyer. I remember when I was struggling uh, to buy, you know, to put gas in my car. We can all remember when we're in college and we're trying to, you know, put, you know, you know, getting quarters together just to put a couple of gallons of gas. That's how most people live. And that's really, that's really sad. I mean, most people are living day to day, check to check. You know, $5 is a thing. $20 is a real thing. And you've got people in here playing, you know, checkers. Like, like it's just, just they, don't, they don't care. Right. And we have to figure a way where we're going to come back. And I mean, so these Republicans, they come in here, oh, we gave them this great tax relief, and that's all bullshit. The appraisals are going to go up, and people are going to get screwed either way. Right. No. I mean, we, we've got to figure out how we allow everyone in Texas to truly live their best lives. And then you, is that government's role? Yeah, for sure it is. For sure it is we've got government isn't a business it's a it's a it's an entity that is about making sure that its people have the quality of life that they should live it's about having sure that people live in a humane place i'll get off my soapbox but we're not living in a humane place anymore you know we're just picking on each other that's not right it's just not right
1: Well, Senator, before KT uh, leads us to the outro, um, I do want to thank you for being on the show myself personally. And uh, good luck. Very heavy. Good luck in your future endeavors, whatever they may be. Thank you. Whatever they may be. (laughs) That's for the video watchers. (laughs) Thanks, Senator. appreciate you.
2: I appreciate you both very much.
0: Thank you so much, Senator. We're talking life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and, and having elected officials who um, care about our daily lives. And if, if we live it all, um, it's just the most basic. Um, and Texans deserve so much better. We're, we're so glad that you're there. Thank you for joining us on the Progress Texas Happy Hour. And thank you for being the fighter that Texas needs on my own family's top priority, gun violence prevention. Thanks for your time today.
1: Thank you both. You guys have been great.
2: Have a good
0: day. That was really hard to hear, and it's something that everybody needs to hear, and especially um, our top executives. I'm shocked that um, they have willfully ignored what's happened um, and have not lifted a finger. that's some information I, I have never heard before that they've um, had the opportunity and chosen to ignore it.
1: Yeah, it's um that was the most jarring thing I've heard about this whole situation is that you think that you elect your officials to do their due diligence and clearly the Texas GOP at the very top don't do it. They don't care. So
0: they're they're cowards.
1: Yeah, they're cowards and, and we knew that. But just hearing it, you know, from a direct source, knowing that they haven't seen it and knowing how affected he was by it, the footage and why he's working so hard for these families. It shows you that that means everything. So um, once again, thanks, Senator, for coming through and head on over to progresstexas.org and subscribe to our email list. Keep us accessible with a donation of any amount. And don't forget to follow us on socials and give us five stars on whatever podcast app you're listening to.
0: Thanks, Sam. Catch you all next week.
1: The Progress Texas Happy Hour is a production of Progress Texas, a rapid response media organization promoting progressive messages and actions. Find us online at progresstexas.org and on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. The podcast is produced by me, Chris Mosier, and our featured music is by Walker Lukens. Please be sure and subscribe to the Progress Texas Happy Hour on the podcast platform of your choice. Take a moment to leave us a review if you've enjoyed the show and be sure and tell your friends about us. Thanks for listening and for all you do to press progress forward here in the Lone Star State. We'll see you again next week.